weekend. It's been a great week for Republicans or conservatives, I would say. It's going to be a lot of partying this weekend. That's for dang sure. Anyway, welcome to the Robert Dobby Show. Jim Watkins filling in for the Renaissance Man. And uh, it, it is, of course, the, the weekend for many people getting started. We're about a week away from uh, the best weekend of the year, 4th of July, which I can't wait. I just cannot wait. My wife and I and my granddaughter are going to go to a place in Florida and enjoy sun, fun, suntan lotion, fishing. I can't wait. And I won't have to drive anywhere. Once I get there, just park. won't have to deal with $6 a gallon gas. It'll be heaven on earth. And I can't wait. And, I, and I'm actually going to try to unplug, but I don't think I'll be very successful. I'm too into this stuff. Too into this stuff. And I think a lot of us are. Uh, so, of course, the big news, the big news yesterday was the Supreme Court smartly decided that you do not have to prove that you need self-defense in order to have self-defense, which was smart. You know, there's there are such a thing as unlaws. You know, there's laws and then there's unlaws. And removing a law f- framed in the context of today's ruling from SCOTUS saying that Roe v. Wade could not be a national or federal law was an un- was the undoing of a law, right? Because the Roe v. Wade decision made it so that the federal government could not prohibit someone from having an abortion anywhere they went in the, in the country. Now they've overturned Roe v. Wade. They say that that is a state issue. This is not a one-size-fit-all approach federal government. Every state is different. Some people want certain kinds of restrictions on abortion. 16-week incubation period or gestation period, however you call it. Some states want three weeks. Some states, like California, they'll, they'll give you an extra two weeks after the baby's born the way they're headed. And you could still have an abortion. But, you know, I was talking to uh, Andy, who is the morning show host for 670, the club, the morning club, uh, and a good friend of mine. And we were talking about the abortion issue. And we'll get to some of the details a, a little bit later, if, if you want. It's, you know, it's the weekend. By the time you hear my voice, everybody else will have already said their piece. So I don't know what else I can add, but I'll figure something out. But, you know, this is going to make uh, create an industry for places like Las Vegas or uh, Nevada in general. Any place where they they welcome and encourage uh, the woman's right to have an abortion for as long as possible. California, uh, New York. These are going to be places where they'll thrive. There'll be a new industry emerging. And, and you can you can bet that they'll be charging a premium. Uh, because it'll be a little harder for people to get if certain states decide to implement all-out bans, although I don't see that happening. But I could be wrong. But anyway, uh, I thought there was some interesting comment made about it. And I'm the only thing I'm really concerned about is that we're moving this country into a direction where it's going to be the next big thing to watch a purge happen every every so often on, on, on the mainstream news. What I mean by that is a lot of people are going to be watching the news tonight to see what the reaction is because this group Jane's Revenge has been putting up posters all over the place in major metropolitan areas saying essentially that we're going to burn this place down 
if Roe v. Wade gets overturned. That's what they've been saying. Even the FBI has been alerted to this. Uh, and and sadly, the, the media seems to be, like I started watching all three of the major news networks that I watch, MSNBC, CNN, and, and Fox, and then over to Newsmax. And you can clearly see the lines are divided. The Republicans and conservatives are celebrating this as a victory over freedom, uh, of freedom. It's interesting, isn't it? The, the Republicans are, are celebrating this as a, a victory for freedom. And the Democrats are, are, are upset because they think they're, they're getting less freedom. Right? So here's Pelosi giving her interpretation of set events. Today, the Republican-controlled Supreme Court has achieved their dark, extreme goal of ripping away a woman's right to make their own reproductive health decisions. Because of Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell, American women today have less freedom than their mothers. In their attempt to destroy it, radical Republicans are charging ahead with their crusade to criminalize health freedom. Now, you have to understand the motivation behind what she's saying, because half of it isn't true. It's very incendiary. Uh, it, it, you, it, 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 what I found interesting is a year ago, Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden were telling everybody they did not have rights to their body. Uh, they did not that the government had every right to mandate that you take an experimental vaccine for the greater good. So a year ago, Nancy Pelosi wasn't concerned about the rights of the individual and how they use their body or their rights, the reproductive rights, the reproductive freedoms. The, the term freedom is is actually a misnomer because it's not freedom for the baby. You're ending the freedom of one life to maintain the freedom of another. You see, so when she uses the term reproductive freedom, that's actually the opposite of what it means because it's restricting the freedom of another conceived individual who's yet to be identified. So it's an interesting distinction, but it's important to make that distinction because nobody's right to have an abortion has been abridged. Uh, the right to go in without question has is perhaps been handed back down to the states to decide, which seems to be, I think, why Republicans are happy, because we don't want a one-size-fits-all approach to every situation. Every state should be allowed to allow its citizens to make the determination based on their needs, their culture, uh, their the, whatever it is, whatever moral yardstick they use. Same with guns, same with marijuana laws. You know, you've got some states where it's legal because it may be perhaps a more permissive state. Maybe it's a greater revenue source like Colorado or California where it's a crop and it generates a ton of revenue. But you have other places where it's illegal still. So people aren't clamoring about that. We understand that every state is different. People in New Hampshire feel differently than, say, people in Idaho. Uh, and that's that's the that's the idea is that each one of these states is a laboratory so that we can, as a collective United States, come to a determination eventually and determining which laws are for the greater good and that are consistent with the Constitution. So it's interesting to hear that she's saying that the Constitution has been abridged when it's actually true that the Constitution has been upheld in the Congress. 
Be aware of this. The Republicans are plotting a nationwide abortion ban. They cannot be allowed to have a majority in the Congress. See, now you understand where she's heading, right? So bear in mind here, this isn't about abortion. This is about positioning for the elections coming up in a few months. In the Congress. Be aware of this. The Republicans are plotting a nationwide abortion ban. They cannot be allowed to have a majority in the Congress to do that. But that's their goal. The hypocrisy is raging. But the harm is endless. Now, that what sounds to means- me like those are incendiary words to generate rage. The kind of rage that's perfect for this sort of Jane's revenge and I, I, you know, we're going to come back. I'm going to play to you some of these things that Biden has said. The, the, they are inflaming the issue by misdirecting the anger. So you're angry about gas prices. You're angry about uh, uh, the supposed idea that you're no longer going to have rights to reproductive freedom. And it's all with the intent of getting you to react. And the way they want to funnel your energy is towards making damn sure that the Republicans don't take over the House and the Senate. And that's what this is all about. And a little bit later on, we're going to hear a little bit of reaction from some other smart, level-headed people. But again, it was a good week for, for those who believe in freedom from government. There's the key, from government. Freedom from government to make my own decision about my own body. That's what I wanted. That's what people want in this country. At least smart people do. Yesterday's ruling of the Supreme Court saying that people do not have to prove that they have a right to defend themselves was upheld. Again, another overturned law that was created 100 years ago that said that people had to prove they had a right to carry a gun. That law is gone. I think it is, in fact, a great day for freedom in America after so many blunders that have been made along the way with all these mandates that have come down, all these restrictions and lockdowns and people losing their livelihoods because of of the overreaching paternalistic interventionist government that Joe Biden has brought to the White House. And so we can all breathe a collective sigh of relief, but we just have to keep an eye now on the media and how they fan the flames of rage. Robert Davi. Would you welcome my friend Robert Davi? Robert Davi is with me now from LA. Robert Davi. In the Congress, be aware of this. The Republicans are plotting a nationwide abortion ban. They cannot be allowed to have a majority in the Congress to do that. But that's their goal. The hypocrisy is raging. But the harm is endless. What this means to women is such an insult. It's a slap in the face to women about using their own judgment to make their own decisions about their reproductive freedom. This is deadly serious. A woman's right to choose reproductive freedom is on the ballot in November. We cannot allow them to take charge so that they can institute their goal, which is to criminalize reproductive freedom. This is the Robert Davi Show. Jim Watkins filling in as Nancy Pelosi from earlier. 
Do you think she is saying the truth? Do you think, do you think that there is a there is a movement to try to make abortion illegal in the United States? I've never heard any conservative friends of mine ever say that that's what they want to do. The only thing I've ever heard anyone say on that issue is that uh, they don't like government overreach and they also don't like taxpayers funding what turned out to be uh, almost an army of abortions. Uh, I don't think anybody I know has ever uttered that they, uh, they're they proud to have had, to, had an abortion. Most people I know. Uh, some people I know that avoided it, they went for adoption. So there's all kinds of different options other than the simple reproductive freedom that we hear of Nancy Pelosi. And, and, and I don't think, and I say this with complete honesty, I think the only attempt here, and I could be wrong, but I think the only attempt here is that the government should not overreach. We're both basically saying the same argument. We don't want government overreach. Pelosi wants government overreach in making it constitutional or making it a right to receive protection uh, and enforcement. So forcing people, for example, to pay taxes for abortions. Uh, that never sat well with me. Now, if someone needs to have a, an abortion and they're young or circumstance of rape or incest, uh, no one is going to turn a blind eye to that. I, I just, these people are using this issue as they always do, never let a tragedy go to waste, to galvanize people because they're afraid. Now, here, here's what Biden had to say about it. You tell me whether or not you heard Nancy. I think they're ginning up the people to get really, really upset. I think they want a reaction. What do you think? The health and life of women in this nation are now at risk. There was three justices named by one president, Donald Trump, were the core of today's decision to upend the scales of justice and eliminate a fundamental right for women in this country. Now, do you believe that? Do you believe that what Biden said, that, that the health and well-being of all women in this country are now uh, in danger? Uh, reproductive danger? I mean, that would get me upset. That would get me wanting to burn down a church. I call on everyone, no matter how deeply they care about this decision, to keep all protests peaceful, peaceful peaceful, peaceful. No intimidation. Violence is never acceptable. Threats and intimidation are not speech. We must stand against violence in any form, regardless of your rationale. Regardless of your rationale. He was reading that off a prompter, by the way. Didn't want to mess that one up. Uh, one opinion that I did hold to, which I thought was interesting, a little interchange between Mark Markery. Mark Markari, uh, sorry for the mispronunciation, but Mark Markari is over at Johns Hopkins, and he's been one of the clear-headed thinkers that has sort of carried elements of truth throughout the COVID pandemic, always coming down on the right side, not a big interventionist, not a big believer in mandates. In fact, most recently, he went on the public record saying he wasn't uh, in full endorsement of child vaccines for, for COVID. Here's what he had to say in his interchange with Stu Varney on Fox Business this morning about the abortion Roe v. Wade law. Just from a medical perspective, 
Do you approve of this decision Roe v. Wade overturned? Well, I do because abortion has always bothered me as a doctor and having witnessed an abortion as a medical student, it just doesn't seem right. And not knowing the details of child development at the time, it just weighed on my sort of moral conscience. Babies can feel pain at 12 weeks and as early as 18 weeks of gestation into the pregnancy, the baby is resisting the instruments of abortion. And that says something and it just doesn't seem right. As I understood it, when Roe v. Wade was first came down as a decision in the early 1970s, the Hippocratic Oath, which doctors had to take, was changed. The oath used to be, do no harm. Look, I believe the Hippocratic Oath, as it was written, was beautifully written. And it is our great medical heritage that we are there to help people in times of need, regardless of their situation. But the idea that we would somehow modify this document to fit the current norms of whatever is acceptable. I'll tell you, Stu, as a doctor, it's very difficult talking about this issue with other doctors in any public medical forum because like gender dysmorphia, you're not allowed to talk about it. There's one narrative and the other narratives are uh, labeled as fringe and canceled. And he makes so many good points there. Uh, his first one, well taken. I don't think anybody expected the commercialization of abortion. And I would ask my African-American friends uh, to listen to, to folks like Brandon Tatum and Candace Owens and others who have the statistics on the number of people of color who have abortions every year. Uh, and then look back into the history of, of what it was developed for uh, with the history of Margaret Sanger in the early 1920s when this was brought up as a way of mitigating the overproduction of inner city black kids and all of that is well documented but nobody talks about it nobody wants to it's all about consensus politically correct woke making sure that uh, the government protects certain people while not protecting other people uh, you can protect the rights of the mother but the the rights of the unborn seem to be less important so these are all things that we actually have to have discussions about we have to have conversations about uh, because some questions, for example, are there going to be a rise in abortions now? Uh, because it, the people feel threatened that they're going away. Uh, it sounds like a silly question, but, you know, we see that happen sometimes when, for example, they, people suspect gun rights are about to get real strict. Then all of a sudden gun sales go through the roof or if they, if they, it's just human nature, right? But I just... If, if the politicians and the media are going to use this very emotional issue and try to turn it into a political uh, political strategy, you are the one, the person who is enraged. You are the one, the person who is incensed. You are the one being used by your leader to foment hate and rage. And even Biden today is saying that this is all Trump's fault. All Trump's fault. You know what that means? That, that means he's saying he is pitting neighbor against neighbor in this country for political gain. That's the, the usual democratic strategy, isn't it? I know a lot of cool things. I thought it was funny yesterday when the governor of New York, Kathy Hochek, she said something, and the way that she said it was, was so typical because it's like that Orwellian word speak when she was talking about how upset she was with the gun ruling that you no longer need to prove why you want to carry your gun. 
and her words, I think, were they have taken our right away from restricting people's ability to carry guns. Think about that statement. They've, they've taken our rights, meaning the government's rights, to restrict your rights. So that's like doublespeak if there ever was one, and that's what they do. Reproductive rights. There's only one thing they want to do, which is, you know, abort the fetus. That's it. Uh, the, you, but they can't just say it. They can't just say you have a, the right to abort a fetus at any state during the pregnancy, and the government has no business telling you. But at the same time, they don't. They, the federal, the federal government, the Supreme Court is saying we don't want that right. We're not in the position to say one way or the other. That's something that has to be decided on a state level, just like a million and other laws, you know. So it's, you know, it's just all doublespeak. You have to be aware of it. You're not going to get, uh, listen, you can watch Newsmax. You can watch Fox. You're going to get a set of opinions that all sound rational to the people who are saying them. And then you're going to flip over to CNN or MSNBC, and you're going to hear a whole other group of people who also say a lot of things that make sense to them. So at the end of the day, it's really going to come down to what you think, not being influenced by the other people who are trying to convince you that they have your best interest in mind. So just know that going in. So another story that came across the wire yesterday, which was kind of interesting, because if you're like me and you've been following the COVID pandemic for all the, for all these years, now going into almost three years, uh, there was always a question of where and when the outbreak first occurred. And, and most people recognize now that it, it, the epicenter was Wuhan, China. That, that, that's, the, that's the story. And, and it seems to be consistent with what we've been able to detect. But there's another part of this story, and that's having to do with the wind. The wind is very important because the wind determines how much the Chinese government were hiding from us. And it just so happens that there was, uh, I have some relatives that were had been overseas and they were in Germany for well over, I think two weeks, maybe three weeks. And there was a death in the family, and so it required my in-laws to go. And and, and they were in Germany, uh, not so, uh, uh, near, I want to say Munich, but I think it was northern. Uh, I'm not quite sure exactly. A small town outside of uh, Munich. Anyway, they came back, and, and the, the husband was sick for weeks. He had a, a very bad upper respiratory flu, and it, he couldn't shake it. And I remembered it because it just, he, he came and during the first period of COVID, he lived in New York and they, they came down to Florida. Anyway, long story short, he had this, this sickness for a long time and we would all joke about it, say, oh, you know, maybe you got COVID. Well, COVID hadn't really technically started until January, according to the World Health Organization. It wasn't until December 31st that Fauci, Dr. Fauci had even said that's when he was informed by the World Health Organization and the uh, Wuhan uh, virology department that there was this transferable disease that was making its way around and that the people in Wuhan had had an outbreak. And that was the story. But there's a gentleman by the name of Tucker who wrote an article and he published it yesterday on PJ Media. I think I saw it on Zero Hedge. 
Now there's information coming out, and this is very interesting. And this changes the entire dynamic of this disease, of this pandemic. So in October of last year, there was a major Olympics athletic competition. And it took place in Wuhan. And I forget the exact statistics, but there were like 9,000 athletes that flew into Wuhan from all around the world. And a lot of the athletes ended up getting really sick. Many of them actually made accounts of their flying home in an airport in an airplane full of sick athletes. And many of them had all kinds of signs, heavy breathing, uh, diarrhea, uh, coughing, excessive mucus, all of the basic signs of the first wave of, but these were younger people. They weren't older people with underlying conditions that would, would have been decimated. But that happened in October. And they also mentioned that when these athletes went to Wuhan and they were there in Wuhan, the streets were empty. 11 million people live in the Hubei district or the province, which is where Wuhan is, the city. And all of these athletes are documenting, man, these streets are clean. There's nobody here. Where is everybody? And, of course, the Chinese had said, well, we, we, we made it so it would be nice for all of you 9,000 people so that you wouldn't have to deal with traffic nightmares and you get to where you wanted to be. Now, do you believe that's true? Do you believe that the Chinese Communist Party made everybody go into lockdown mode because they had a bunch of athletes come to town? And why was everybody getting sick? And why were they being allowed to get on airplanes and fly back home to places like Germany, France, Belgium, Italy, the Western United States, Japan, Korea, all these places where there were outbreaks, early outbreaks, particularly Belgium, I believe Spain. Uh, I, I, I know there was a, well, of course, the J Japanese uh, cruise ship. And then, of course, about a month later, that's when we started to see the outbreaks. We started to see the video coming out of China about the outbreak. So it's almost as if, and, and putting this all together as I read this article, and, and I'll try to find it and put it on my website, which is the Jim Watkins Show online. And if I can find it, I'll post it, I promise you. You may be able to find it there. It still may be up there on the feed. But what if the Chinese knew and Fauci knew two months before the outbreak pandemic, which really, like I said, started at the end of December. Because you remember, there was also the Chinese New Year, which was canceled. So the Chinese were already well aware of, of, of the Wuhan virus, the coronavirus outbreak. But they tr it, it seems to me, in looking at all this evidence, that they were very well aware of the virus as early as October. They were very well aware that all of those athletes were going to be carrying this virus home, away from them. And they were trying to buy time so that this virus would spread, give it plenty of time to spread elsewhere so that the Chinese might be able to save face and say, hey, it didn't start here. But of course, none of that happened because the outbreak was already full-blown by, by January. By the time it hit American shores, oh, there were people that were sick. But it wasn't as it wasn't like what we started to see in places like Milan and Belgium, where older people were dropping dead. So it's just political intrigue. It, 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 
you got to keep your eye on it. But it's worth st- stating because no mainstream journalist today is going to touch this story. And it is the most important story probably of the last 10 years that a major, the, the, the largest country in the world could seed the planet with a pandemic and then make it uh, and then act as if they had no participation whatsoever. When in fact it was their silence that may have caused the death uh, of at least several million people to which they have not been held accountable. It's, it's, a, it's, a sad, it's a sad period of human history that this has happened. And unfortunately, the government that we have now in office has no interest in trying to find out the truth. And so now I feel like, did you get sick in November? Think back. Think about before the pandemic. Did you come down with a strange flu? Are you living in L.A. or Seattle or New York? Did you start to feel... And that's when you start to think, boy, this conspiracy is probably a lot scarier than we previously believed. I call on everyone, no matter how deeply they care about this decision, to keep all protests peaceful, 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 no intimidation. Violence is never acceptable. Threats and and intimidation are not speech. We must stand against violence in any form, regardless of your rationale. I mean, I guess they say they got to say that, right? I mean, uh, I didn't hear them say that before, before it was Kamala Harris uh, et al. saying, yeah, you know, people have a right to protest. And I think that's their position now. People have a right to protest, but it's going to get get out of hand. There was a group of people. Well, here, I'll let uh, Jim Rosen explain it from Newsmax. Pro-abortion groups like Jane's Revenge and Ruth Sent Us have been organizing for weeks ahead of this SCOTUS ruling today, anticipating Roe v. Wade being shot down. Uh, they're organizing and saying that they want folks to gather and potentially prepare for a night of rage. That's a direct quote that was seen on many flyers in the Washington, D.C. area uh, over the last few weeks. It, it's also called for Republican lawmakers, as we've seen uh, acts of vandalism and terrorist attacks towards pro-life groups and, and uh, uh, pregnancy centers across the country in recent months, to organize a letter this week uh, that they sent to Department of Homeland Security and the FBI. Uh, this letter said the following, we are calling on the Department of Homeland Security and the Federal Bureau of Investigation to officially classify those committing crimes through Jane's Revenge as domestic terrorists in response to their clear involvement in acts dangerous to human life. Ooh, you know, I'm going to be watching TV tonight. I'll be flipping back and forth between uh, MSNBC and and CNN just to see where the riots are. Uh, you know, that's going to be the new um, uh, American pastime. Friday night, let's watch the riots in big cities, you know, like Chicago and Philadelphia. It'll be all... It, it. Am I cynical? Am I cynical in believing that the the powers that uh, to be, the powers that be, the Pelosi's, they want civil unrest, that it works in their favor. Am, am I being cynical? It's hard to know whether I'm being cynical. I mean, I, I just, uh, my reasoning tells me that this is going to backfire if Pelosi and, and Biden really had this plan co- concocted, that they were going to use this as a pivot event to try to encourage people to get out and vote. 
then this weekend is going to be an interesting one because if the rioters do what they say they're going to do, it's it's going to work against the Democratic Party when the rest of America watches all of the outrage. Americans don't respond well. We don't get bullied by outrage. Uh, you know, I'd like to believe that Biden is really calling for no violence. I hope he is. But but by the same token, blaming the Supreme Court decision on Donald Trump, that's going to be the line. That's going to be the the gasoline. It won't ignite the fire. The fire has been ignited by the Supreme Court and the media is fanning the flames. But when you start throwing in Trump, now you've created this symbol. See, now you've created this symbol, this image in your head that you can you can place there and use it to to focus that rage, like two minutes hate. Remember that from the Orwell Orwellian 1984. Get the people to focus away towards what you want them to be angry at. They said that abortions are going down in this country. Abortions are not illegal. They will not be illegal. But they're out there saying this means it's going to be illegal. Then they're going to go after gay people. Then they're going to go after domestic partnerships. They're going to go after contraceptions. None of this is true. This is Pelosi trying to gin up the team. So it'll be an interesting thing to watch, but it's going to backfire. If this is their plan, it will backfire because people will be disgusted watching the rage. All right, so other news, there's a fast-growing giant sunspot. This is my argument against people who worry about climate change because there's a sunspot that just in the last week alone has tripled its size. And this is after a period where sunspots don't usually occur. We've sort of been a been in a solar minimum. We're, at, we're actually sort of like uh, you got the El Nino and then the La Nina. We're in, we're in the La Nina stage on, on the sun. But one of these solar flares could instantly strike us. And I read this article, and six times in the article, every scientist, they said, don't worry, it's not going to hurt us. Don't worry, nothing to worry about here. No cause for concern. Bob Steenbaud, leader of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, said there's no need to panic, noting that sunspots sunspots naturally grow in size another person said no worries uh this stuff tends to happen a lot chances are it will create large flares 10 percent, don't worry about it when they start saying don't worry about it more than two or three times that's when i start worrying about it <laughs> but it just goes to show that in a, in a flicker you know all of our satellites could go down all of our electronics could stop working. We could instantly be reverted back to the Stone Age. And you know who would be happy about that? Jen Granholm over at the Department of, of Energy and the Energy Secretary. She'd love it if God turned out the lights for a few weeks. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Okay, so hands down, who do you think the best rock band is? I'm going to have to bring Swade in on this. Uh, Swade, who's, who to you in your mind... Who let's let's start with three and then we'll narrow it down to one. What what is what do you think is the best rock band based on performance, not necessarily record sales, full and creativity, full band, would, not just an artist. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Keep it to bands. Okay, it was going to be Little Richard, but uh, 
A little Richard of all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> originating the art, man. Originating the art of rock well, and roll. Well, that's true. That's Him and true, Chuck yeah. Berry bringing in the rock and roll. But uh, well, that's true. Yeah. I think, oh, man, if we're gonna have to go bands, um, I mean, you have to say Beatles. You, you sort of have to say Pink Floyd. And uh, I'm gonna throw a weird one in there. I love the band. The band with Robbie Roberts, the they used to front for Bob Dylan in the old days. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you know you could say the Stones because of their longevity, their ability to continue to pump out good songs. Certainly, you know, in the eight years that the Beatles were together, they put out a catalog of incredibly diverse music, which uh, for the most part has aged well. I mean, I used to think Creedence Clearwater Revival was probably the in three years, they were able to put out a catalog that was just absolutely unbelievable. And I guess for almost two years, they had a number one single continuously, like every three weeks. I mean, it was amazing. So it would be tough now, although we wouldn't have to include any of the new bands. I mean, you could say, who does everybody like now? They all, who was the, the guy that died recently, the drummer? Dave Grohl's band, who are they? Uh, uh, yeah, the Foo we, Fighters. Yeah, some people would argue the Foo Fighters. Some people might argue Red Hot who's Chili that? Peppers is somebody. That Chili Peppers, yeah, throwing. right, yeah. But I, I think you're right. I think going back, you would have to say that either the Beatles. I would say Pink Floyd. I would have to say, for me personally, just in the amount of hours that I've enjoyed particular music, I would have to say Pink Floyd. Um, and, and recently, I've rediscovered. I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago. If you haven't seen it, Suede, go find it. It's on, um, I want to say, if you have Amazon Prime, look for the Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon biography. It's relatively new, and it it goes through the entire album. They even have Alan Parsons giving interviews. They're all talking about how each song was developed, who was involved. You know, that song, is that album, is still in the top 10 now, today. If you look at Billboard's top 10 albums sold this week or CDs, Pink Floyd is still there. That album came out 50 years ago. Hard to believe. 50 million, uh, fifty years ago that album came out, and it's still in the top 10 every week as far as record sales. I think people must keep buying the the record or something. The same people, <laughs> they keep buying the record. <laughs> They're probably throwing in all, all the re-releases and stuff because they do re-release copies and remastered and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I, uh, I the band that I'm always scared to throw in because I. Want to consider them a rock band, but they're more of a blues band. Is the Allman Brothers? I love the Allman Brothers. Yeah, no, they were great. They're they've got to be in the top five as far as memorability and reach. Just great, great. Greg Allman was a great writer. Led Zeppelin probably were were bypassing Led Zeppelin and forgetting their contribution. Def Leppard, ACDC, all those guys. Yeah, Super Tramp was another great band for a while. The seventies and the eighties. U two. Uh, so there, there's a there's a richness to this great music library. But the reason I bring up Pink Floyd is because they're going to be selling their their library, uh, their catalog, five hundred million dollars, five hundred million dollars, uh, which is probably going to be money well spent. And what that basically means is, if you're a record label, you get all the the, the money, and you pay these guys, these old geezers off, give them their fifty million, 
I think what happened was Roger called David and said, you know, we're not getting any younger. Why don't we cash in on our equity now? Because <laughs> any one of us could leave quickly. <laughs> we could go to the great gig in the sky. 